BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Travis Gordon. With me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Yes, I am. That was a little bit cleaner of a run than what I did two weeks ago. Yeah, well, you know, just got to get that mouth warmed up. Some good good mouth sounds going. Get all the mouth sounds out early and, uh, yeah. All right. What are we doing, Trevor? I think we're going to do some click pitch first. Sure thing. Um, although I just did remember I actually have a pitch tonight. But let's do some click pitch first and uh, I'll come And then you it. do some pitch pitch and then we can do some other stuff. And then we'll do some click click, uh, which is just us browsing the internet while uh, you listen and to our reactions. As we find weird stuff. No, we're not really doing that. <laughs> Please continue to listen. That Rule 34. <laughs> the video game. All right. <laughs> okay, so Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator Discord bot on the count of three to one click. We're going to type in our command to get a, to get a couple of words. We'll get, each get an adjective and a noun. We'll throw them at each other, come up with a game design. When it doesn't work... Or we're we're just bored of what we're talking about. Then we'll click again and we'll do something. Or you know, when it comes to its natural humorous conclusion, (laughs) humor. Oh yeah, that shit was supposed to be funny. Why why have we not thought of that that for the last two hundred (sighs) episodes? Comedy's in the name. We we do say we know nothing about comedy, so I think we covered. All right, three, two, one, click. Intentional motorway. Anti-social bookshop. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I think this is, um, cause of your, your motorway thing. I think this is one of those things where you got a huge, like, caravan sort of, of people heading, heading away. Like, it's a continuous moving sort of civilization. Um, okay. They're like all in no- cars. A nomadic yeah. group of, of caravan, of, uh, yeah. yeah, and you run the mobile library, <laughs> but you hate people. All right. So, okay, this is sort of a Mad Max-esque situation with, like, these nomadic car tribes. Yeah. But you are, like, the lone hunter, the lone wolf out there in your mobile library. You don't run with any of the actual tribes. Okay, cool. Yep. But you- Go between them to like sell books or mm-hmm. like trade trade books. Essentially, in this like post-apocalyptic dystopian nightmare, you are the only person who gives a shit about literature anymore. Uh, and ooh, and you and you know what you end up doing a lot of the time? You're tracking down the missing books and collecting fines. Oh, as an okay, yes, yes, all right. I As love the idea of a mobile yeah. a mobile librarian that literally goes around and collects late fees. And late fees can be collected in a numer- numerous bloody yeah, ways. Yeah, if you don't have the money, then you can give it in your kneecap. Uh, that's fine. I'll take that as payment. Okay, I love this. Because, uh, yeah, I'm just picturing now, and I don't know that we go the full, necessarily have to go the Mad Max aesthetic. I only made that. Um, no, I, I want to see you know, lush greenery. But maybe the lush greenery has taken over so much of the, so much of the the world. Sort of like in the in the Last of Us, how you know you go through um, a city and it's like overrun with um, yeah. plants and all that sort of stuff. 
I think the reason why people took took to cars is actually because of the plants. There's some pretty nasty, nasty well, plants that took over the world. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Yeah, okay. Here's what I'm seeing. Along the lines of, like, the greenery thing, I think this is a dystopian future that occurred after a successful ship, uh, shift to renewable energy. Mm-hmm. So, all the cars are, like, electric and solar-powered and, and have batteries and such, which is, again, so moving away from the Mad Max, like, everything's about- Petrol. Petrol and whatever. It's like, no, it's fine. Like, they run from the sun. They, you know, we do have to- You do. There might be some mechanics Ooh, there around, like- And they're silent. Stuff. They're silent. So, um, so you, you know, you wake up and, and you kind of hear the squealing of some brakes. Just this, like, whine. Yeah. And, like, and all of a sudden you realise, oh, shit, they're upon us. You've been surrounded. Yeah. By these, like, sleek-looking Teslas. <laughs> <laughs> Polygonal, because um, <laughs> they're Tesla um, trucks. <laughs> God, that ugly thing. Can we not do? Te- uh, maybe we won't do Tesla because, like, fuck Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, but yes, I like. Okay, so uh, it's the reason three Toyota Corollas. <laughs> it's true. It's a shame the others don't quite have the snappy name, but uh, that's fine. We can even we can make up we can make up a name. Uh, but I I love this idea of the dystopia, like the apocalypse being these like plants that have overrun and were devouring people essentially, and like Effectively, taking over cities. The Venus flytraps evolved into you know sort of like the the creatures from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. You know, well, they're, think, they're think, Venus man traps. Yeah, I think let's take all of the in fact plants. Because women are from Venus and men are from Mars or whatever. Are they Mars flytraps? <laughs> <laughs> because they're eating men. Yes. Um, and only men. They only eat men. So, it's also- it, you, you know what? It's all about the society. testosterone. It's all about the testosterone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the pheromones that, 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 that men give off. This is getting- Yeah. No, I like this. So, somehow- a mutated strain of these various carnivorous plants, because I like the idea of having, like, these giant pitcher plants and stuff as well that, you know, somehow lure people in mm. with, like, nudie calendars or something, um, since we- <laughs> since it's the testosterone that they like. Yeah. Um- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like- plant looks like a lady. Ooh. <laughs> plant looks like a lady. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I th- I think this strain, you know, it was created in a lab. It escapes out there. It breeds uh, and 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 uh, reproduces. And yes, it's like essentially drawn to testosterone, and that's what it is trying to hunt and eat. And so it's taken out a large chunk of the male population, or at least those with testosterone. Um, as as much as this is, you know, a typical occupation for for females, I think a library in this case, it does kind of make sense that it's that's a, a lady who runs this this library uh, unless, with her wife. Un- well, with her unless, wife and, unless, and they're unless, the ones unless. that go incredibly violent to, to destroy these people. Unless and I know uh, look we, and and we very consciously try to put more and more um female protagonists in our games. Uh, 
and have more representation. But in this case, given what we've said, I think having a man because of the risk then of the plants mm-hmm. as the main as the main character might make a bit more sense. Obviously, we will also have plenty of female characters, given that they now make up the majority of the population of this world. Um, although I I like he can have a husband. It's two it's two men driving this library truck. One of them is like the the librarian, and he is like he's searching for the literature, and he's like trying to find these books, and he's hunting down the late fees. Like has other interests essentially, but they travel together, and that's part of the whole um, mm-hmm. the sort of the whole story. So is his husband a scientist or a botanist? Yes, I love that studying these plants, trying to figure out how to reverse it and how to like kill them. Yeah, essentially. Oh, and that's actually, actually that's really good because that will give a reason for why as to why, why you're the, somewhat why the two nomadic. of you survived well enough. How you managed to like make your way between these different nomadic tribes, and also know, why you're antisocial and not wanting to hang around with other people because you know that the more testosterone, mm. the um the faster mm. the plants arrive. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I like that a lot. okay so from a gameplay perspective uh i think this is like open world sort of deal yeah uh obviously there's a bit of driving involved as Mm -hmm. they are these these nomadic uh, i mean you could do this as procedural literally like all you need is like random towns that you come across every now and again Mm. that are overrun you can have a city in the distance that you're not ever going to want to go near and you know you can sort of just you could do a procedural. I, I guess it would. There's a choice to be made there. I think because procedural would be good from doing it from a systems based perspective. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also a case to be made there for doing it in a more traditional open world sort of thing, where you you have a strong narrative of like here are the different tribes and they each have their different sort of quirks and characters, and you meet different people along the way. And then yes, like you're heading towards finding out exactly what happened as you travel across. Um, you know, and reveal, essentially reveal more of this crafted world. Um, okay. So yeah. I'm, I'm picturing driving through something like the Black Spur, where you've got these huge, like, trees just all the way above you. Like, it feels almost rainforesty. It feels like mm. you're literally surrounded by nature everywhere. When you get on a straight, you've still got all the trees absolutely everywhere, but you can see sort of like, you know, city in the distance or a town in the distance. And- well, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that as part of the reproduction of these plants, it hasn't just created, you know, because you can't, we obviously can't have these man eaters just everywhere constantly. But I think in general, it's created a situation where the ecosystem of the plants in general has just thrived. And so it has like very quickly taken over these cities and these, and these villages and, and whatever. So yeah, I think you are driving through, but you're seeing like, like you're driving through the path that has managed to be created through like fucking London. And there's these, and there are these huge trees that are just up like next <laughs> to the sky, like next to the skyscrapers, right? Like, mm-hmm. or like through them or whatever, you know, it's, it's essentially this ruined city that, that's been taken back over very quickly by these. What what usually would have taken hundreds of years to grow, right? Um, I just I like the visual of that. I mean, I suppose what I'm really enjoying about this is that this is something that hasn't really existed before. Like um, having having sort of like a, a two person um, RPG in that you have to try and keep them both alive. 
that oil, yeah. Do we make it co-op? <laughs> well, yeah, it could be co-op, and yeah, and you got you got different missions basically. Mm. You you've got missions for the uh, for the librarian, in which you're trying to you're trying to literally get your late fees and all that sort of stuff, so that you've got enough uh, sort of scrap or whatever it is to to you know fix your um fix your keep mobile your vehicle going, yeah, keep your vehicle going, buy uh, get some new tires, all that sort of stuff, and keep it keep it going. You know, you've got to occasionally be able to bring it in for service because, obviously, if you're driving it at all times, you know, you need to be able to mm. service it and keep the oil changed and, you know, it's it's all yeah, about- well, and, if we, and if we go full RPG, we could have it that each of these characters has, like, a different skill tree to yep. a certain degree. And so, one of those could be, like, auto maintenance, essentially, so that you can do certain fixes and stuff on yep. the road without having to go and, like, trade for- a service or whatever. Yeah. So uh, then I then I picture that the scientist slash botanist they're looking for samples. They're looking for you know they're getting into into the thick of it and trying to actually further the story of this. But you can't spend all your time doing that because your car's going to going to suffer. So you have to balance. Yeah. Well, I think their story is actually sort of the main quest line. Quest line then in the end. Um, and maybe it doesn't seem that way initially, but. Yeah, you get to a point where it's like, oh, like, we're actually finding evidence of how this happened and, you know, maybe that it was intentional or whatever or that there's some group behind it or that it wasn't. But, you know, you can find the the original lab will, like, have, you know, the the, the initial um, DNA samples uh, that we can use to, you know, find a, a reverse, you know, be able to reverse did, it or something. Did the botanist actually work in this lab and was somewhat- Somewhat responsible for some of, not all of it, but um, like they just happen to be a, like an intern or something at this particular lab. I I feel like that's a bit too convenient. I wonder. I do like how them having a connection there uh, or, because I like having a reveal. Maybe they have like, or they worked for the same company that that you know ended up creating it. Well, if- working with one of the scientists who worked there or something, right? Oh, like- so I'm 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 picturing that some of his like papers that he that he created this company had basically taken off the drive and used it for nefarious purposes yeah okay, so he didn't do it himself his, yes his research has gone towards creating this yeah well and i and i kind of like the idea that someone who he like co-authored some papers on like you write you know you come across them in your travels but you as you find more evidence you're like oh this person actually like specifically was involved and used our research to to create this this and probably made you know a lot of money along the way. Yeah. Okay. So it's when you come across like this hu- this huge mansion and you and you find a bomb shelter and you break mm. into the bomb shelter and there's this old hermity guy that that basically has been locked down there for years. Yep. And um he he happens to be the guy who actually caused this whole thing and he asks you know how his creations are going and all this sort of stuff. And you see, like, in the back, like, there's, there's like, a smaller version of, of these of man-eating of the plants. you've seen, yeah. But they're walking. And you <gasps> sort of see that that's, like, the next- Oh, God. He's continued to build upon it. And yeah. They can- yeah, okay. <laughs> I love that. Not enough games with plants as the main, Mama. like, enemies. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> talking. <laughs> this one over here, Audrey too. 
Like just, he, like, just a little, just a little plug for little Shabahara there. Introduces the scientist as like, this is your uncle. He helped <laughs> to create you. No, I had nothing to do with this. And then the, li- the librarian just like shoots it in the head with the specialized weed killer harpoon that they've developed. I don't know, whatever you. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just imagining the, like the green blood that just gets splattered across the back wall. You see it sort of like in, um, in shadow. And My you- chlorophyll. Well, you see it in shadow and then, you know, the green blood sort of hits right where the shadow sort of was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is great. I, I, I am now thinking of it as like an RPG, almost oh, like yeah. Witcher-ish sort of vibe, um, or even like a, a Dragon Age or something. What are you thinking the combat is like? Because you've essentially got stationary enemies. Yeah. Obviously, until- you know, perhaps that point in the game where you yeah, but out. but but you've got uh, you've got vines that can sort of snake around and sort of grab you and that yeah, sort of stuff. So, so I, think, so- I think it's a bit of around. It's a bit around positioning. You still have to keep on the move and sort of circle around them. You know, you maybe get some um, heads up that you know you see there's some rustling there. It's like oh, there's a vine that's going to come up, so you can have to dodge out of the way and stuff. Um, I mean, you can have plants that like spit stuff. And I mean, it's definitely. I know that I hate these games, but it definitely feels like it'd be a JRPG sort of combat system. But I really hate JRPGs so much that I'm not going to go there. Well, and- you don't have to go full JRPG to have like some tactics to it, right? Like you could have it as you know, it could even be grid based. Um, even something a little bit like um, Into the Breach in a way where you've just got. I mean, and that's turn based, and I know you hate that even more, but. Uh, <laughs> but then again, that's probably why I hate JRPGs anyway, because it is all turn-based and, which yeah. is so weird, because I love the combat in D&D. Like, and that is even slower turn-based, but it's because I'm, I'm so invested in our characters that I, I sort yeah. of let it go. <laughs> there are some good Western or Western style tactical games out there. Um, and I mean, I guess you could even count something like XCOM or whatever in that vein, but there are some that are sort of a lot more grid based or whatever. And it's really about like positioning and flanking and, and being able to use your, your moves in the right way to, to get a good position and, and actually sort of think tactically. So I feel like that could work in a game like this where it is more about, you know, that, that you have to, you do have to try to flank the giant Venus flytrap because. You know, it can it can reach out and grab you from three squares away, but um, um, in the front direction, sort of thing. So I think, like, if you if you go into a city and you and you're like you look you're sort of looking through buildings, looking for certain things. You know, you've got it. You can sort of go in there and rummage around, and that means moving shit out of the way and all this sort of stuff. And you can find, you know, scrap and old world money and all this sort of stuff, and just things that people are actually going to want, so that you can trade along the way, but you can also like come across other raiding parties, and so therefore you're mm. dealing with other humans. That- right, you are. Yeah, you are having combat with things other than plants. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and that that's also why you know you can have these these crazed um, testosterone driven men who you know they're just literally using anabolic steroids because they they're trying to get <laughs> these um these plants to come out so they can they can sort of. Burn right. them as, they're, as they're, they're, they're like the- hunting. They're specifically hunting the plants, and they know yep. that being that testosterone 
fueled will like drive the planes yeah. crazy essentially yeah and they also you know are somewhat crazy themselves so they're sort of like the the front line of offense that no, um, tribes send out to to like clear right. the path these fucking jocks <laughs> ooh i'm i'm starting to think that the thing that you you're sort of also trying to work out is how the plants are are like being repopulated given that the bees had all died out Right, yeah. You know, I, I kind of like the idea of, of looking into, you know, the re- the reasoning behind the, the pollination and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, we expected that when all the bees died out that, you know, shit would go wrong. But Well, I like the idea of having then, like, using that to create ideas for even more out there plants, plant types and stuff. It's like, oh, this is like a, a spore spitter or something, right? And it, like... Or, a, a, you know, a, a pollen shooter that takes in pollen from all the nearby flowers and, like, swirls them around and then spits it out. And that's how they sort of spread further. Yeah. Um, but also, in from a combat perspective, that there's, like, they can, you know, blow- Don't inhale that shit because, you know, yeah, you're going to yeah, be yeah. coughing up pollen for the next day or Exactly. So. You can have, like, gas-based effects or, like, wind-based effects or something because they're able to, like, they can full-on, like, take a breath, essentially, and, <laughs> like, blast it out in a direction. Uh, but, you, yeah, you could, re- you could reveal that as you went and as you're discovering this stuff about what happened. Yeah, this is a fucking cool idea. <laughs> <laughs> And it all uh, came from me just seeing antisocial bookshop and hearing your motorway thing. I don't even remember what your other word was, but I'm just like intentional. But that's no, fine. Yeah, I I just saw this idea of that mobile bookshop and on the motorway, continuous driving. And I mean, there are a lot of ideas just from the idea of having <laughs> this like rogue librarian going between these nomadic tribes and like yeah. Taking books back and forth and hunting down, you know, late late finds, late fees—that's cool by itself. But uh, no, I think we, I think we built a really interesting, you know, world idea that on top of actually that. sounds cool to play as well. Like it, it has. Yeah, I think you could ha- that having work. that co-op slash. If you are playing, if you are trying to play it single player, you can play it single player, and you just you swap between the two, the two characters. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough patting ourselves on the back about how well we just did that. <laughs> how um, well we- how impressed we are that we took those words and we turned them into something that we would want to play. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we haven't done it hundreds of times before, but no, that was a good one. All right. Uh, you know it's a good one pitch? when you spend 20 minutes on it. Do you want to hear my pitch? Yeah, why not? It's not a long one. It's not a long one. Uh, so, for a bit of it's backstory for how it came with me- uh, I have finally managed to set up my VR again, and I had the, you know, strange idea that maybe I'd use it a bit for exercise, which, of course, has not happened. But I bought uh, a boxing game called Thrill of the Fight. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very good, and I refunded it. Uh, <laughs> I think for some people it is good, but I found it very just boring. But it gave me the idea that it would be cool. Like, it did give me a lot of exercise. Like, there was just just doing those, like, Jabs and right hooks in VR. I mean, for one, it just works really well, of course, because you're tracking the hands. Like, that's perfect for punching stuff. Yep. A rhythm-based VR boxing game was there my is idea. One. Is there? Fit VR. Is it rhythm-based? Yes. Well, fuck. Now I'd have to look it up, and then we can cut this whole thing. 
They just they just changed their name from like Box VR or something like that to Fit VR, and yeah, they do. Well, okay, it's not all right. It's not quite what I was thinking. So anyway, I will continue with my pitch, despite the fact that apparently this already exists, and now I'm going to have to try it out. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking though of a. Like that, you're still up against opponents because that seems to be like yes, you're less yes, you're like punching and boxing or whatever, but it's mostly like things coming it's beat towards saber. you. <laughs> yeah, it's like beat saber, but you punch the things. I'm thinking more of you're still fighting opponents, right? Like I still mm-hmm. like the idea of fighting opponents, and so you're bringing in maybe a little bit of like punch out sort of thing. I was going to say, is this a so Nintendo have decided they're going to um, hand the license over to us? And see what sure. we can do. Yeah. 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 I want to be like punching these opponents with the rhythm, like having a sense of what the moves are that need to come up. And so I'm thinking sort of like, okay, you get like these glowing spots on like their, you know, the side of their head or the side of their body in different places that increase in intensity until it's, you know, until whatever the, the, uh, the sign is that that's the actual time to hit it on the beat. So that you are sort of, you're almost pulling off these combos in time with the beat that you can, you can sense as they come, you start to really learn it as well as dodging, blocking. Well, that's it. You might have similar things with like dodging and blocking, but yeah, obviously they all go along to the beat, but yes, doing it in much more character based thing and with an actual opponent as opposed to, yeah, just like line lines of stuff coming towards you. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought there was some cool stuff you could do there. Yeah, um, I'm the way I sort of see it is though that it'd be kind of scripted, um, kind of like yeah, it would have to be to a degree. Yes, like yeah. I don't think it's about it's not about your strategy on you know finding the timing necessarily. Although you could you could do it in a way of like you know, their punches are going to come at a certain beat or something and that your punches, like, yes, if they're on the beat, you'll get extra points, but it's not necessarily specifically like, you know, left jab, left jab, right hook. It could be, it can be whatever you want as long as you do it on the beat or something like that, right? You could have some mm-hmm. different options there. Which kind of brings it into the, um, oh, what's that, pistol game? Yeah, a little bit of pistol whip pistol sort whip, of yep. thing. Yeah, it's kind of a combination of those, I guess. Dodging, Dodging blocking ducking, punches. Blocking, definitely like bringing your hands up or to maybe even to, the, to each side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor's doing a little, uh, what is that? Almost I know, maracas or like something. A dance move, yeah. Yeah, a little. Uh, maracas off to, the, off to the left, off to the right. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm going to have to try, try out this Fit VR thing now, except it's probably really expensive. I think it's only how- on the Oculus store, though, because it's an o- Oculus-owned thing. Uh, no, I do see Steam on here. Oh, is it? Well, at least for box VR. Um, yeah, $42, that's too expensive. It's like that. Uh- <laughs> anyway. Okay, let's do one more, and then we'll move on to something else. Do-do-do-do. Three, two, one, click. Beaten grip. Golden employment. Oh, Golden employment. So, is this someone who's been at a company for a very long time, right? Getting yeah. a gold watch sort of thing? Yeah. And they're being let go. You know, this is sort of like their severance package. You know, they get given this gold watch. Yeah. And they scratch it off a little bit and they find out that it's not real gold. And it's not real gold. You know. And then the whole thing is like a- um, 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up, <laughs> them trying to get back into the company. 
I was thinking some sort of beat em up. I was thinking some, uh, for some reason I was going first person. Oh, what, yeah, what, like- what, what if you just went, this is like a geriatric devil may cry sort of thing going through and just, you know, doing huge combos and, and, you know, launching people up into the air and following them up and doing all this, yeah. all this is sort this of like stuff. It's like a real comedic game where you're using like staplers and, and printers and stuff to like bounce combos around the room. Yeah. You know, you can you can do the old trope if you get to the end, and this is the guy who's literally, um, it comes back to it's the guy at his retirement party and goes thanks, and just walks out. You know, right? It's sort it was of like, just his imagination the whole time. That's why you you've gone over the top with all the stuff that he does. Okay, I like that. Uh, so is this just sort of a short little game then? Perhaps it's all set just during this retirement party. Could it be like if you think about those mobile games like? Um, the jetpack joyride and that sort of stuff where you're sort of going through going through these these rotating environments seeing how how long you can keep the combo going before you get taken down by security yeah okay so um, yeah yeah and and it's all about it's all about the run so if you can take out the security guards while you're going you know you you get a little bit of a repeat reprieve before the next security guards come and all this sort of stuff and effectively you're always moving forward Towards the CEO, who's basically like, I'm, I'm picturing that he's sort of like hiding behind a box, and he sees that you beat up these people, and so he runs to the next. <laughs> he runs to the elevator and up to the next floor or something, or up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, I like that that you're moving through these different office environments. Uh, yeah, moving from one end of the floor to the other. Opportunity for environmental attacks, so you can. I think you're just like punching people and and like maybe throwing them into each other. So a lot of a lot of moving the the enemies around as yep. you attack, right? So it's like, okay, this particular attack, I know I can, like, throw them, you know, at a, a certain distance that way. And if there's a printer there, like, they get electrocuted for a while and, like, there's a little area of effect which will zap other people in the section or something. Oh, depending uh, on how you throw them onto it, maybe, you know, um, the, the lid closes and you get out a couple of little printouts of their face or something. <laughs> Like, yeah, they hit the photocopier. Like yeah, uh, but but essentially using that environment to then keep you, like keep your combo going in different ways mm-hmm. because yeah, like if you zap these people, then they they essentially are getting hit for longer, and that lets you you know get over to the next person or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. I <laughs> just picturing yeah, like this kind of hunched over old guy. He's obviously been there for like fifty years. He gets the gold watch. And then gets told that he's getting let go, and you just have this scene of him just like coming up and just like tearing his shirt off, and he's just like totally buff, yeah, and then just rampaging through, yeah, uh, and just sort of like it. Um, every single time that you go for a run, um, it starts off at at like the office, and then like oh, the retirement party, and it just yeah. goes through the different rooms as you as you're beating up each person and and chasing the yeah. CEO. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're essentially chasing the CEO. Uh, the whole time, like he's at the party, he pops in to tell everyone about the like five million dollar bonus he just got. Yeah, uh, which is you know part of what sets you off. And yeah, you just have this what, Whoa! like fucking WrestleMania moment. Hulk Hogan, you know, tearing off the shirt and then chasing the CEO. I kind of like the idea, kind of like in in the jetpack joyride and all those sort of things, how you got little missions that you can do during it. So, um, in this particular run, you know, kill three people by throwing them into photocopiers to to make face prints come out and all that sort of stuff. Face prints or butt prints, depending on the direction they were facing before you threw them. 
Um, <laughs> so having that sort of thing happening, um, take out three security cards with a cattle prod. So it means that you got to find a cattle prod and then you got to take out three security guards with it. Why is there a cattle prod in this office? Uh, because it, you go through a warehouse and it just so happens, okay. you know. Yeah. No, actually, I like that idea of you occasionally go through, I guess, a warehouse. I was sort of picturing you were, go- you were going up the levels, but it doesn't have to be that. But, that, yeah, you occasionally go through, like, a warehouse section and that will have different tools that you can then utilize for the next little while or until you get hit yep. or whatever the mechanic is. Yeah. So, you're pitching this as a mobile game? What sort of controls- no, I, I think this is this is that mobile game idea of runs, yeah, but you you're but doing it, it to like from a, a PC sort of thing. Uh, maybe it's a rather cheap, sort of like yeah, a yeah, yeah. um, you know, you're sort of going through somewhat of a procedural level yeah, each time. I mean, in, and- in a way, it's a rogue-like yeah. sort of thing. I don't know if you, I don't know necessarily how you do the progression, um, because you probably well, the progression is you're you're effectively making your way up to the CEO, and if you can beat up no, no, the CEO, I mean, I mean, that, that's runs, the end of like, your run. Generally, a roguelike will have like things that unlock, or your character will Extra get stronger weapons. between runs or something. But yeah, you could you could if you wanted to do it that way. I'm just trying to move it away from because you know Jetpack Joyride and stuff relies so much on the whole microtransaction model of oh yeah I don't want that you know like- unlocking shit and and you know getting boosts or whatever but. No, I think it needs to be fun enough that you're happy to start from the start every time. And yes, maybe you're unlocking different weapons and different or different, even different environmental things that can show up in the procedurally generated levels, right? Yeah. Um, or different floor types or something. Um, well, I, I think your early enemies are, are those sort of enemies that can be juggled really, really easily. Whereas your yeah. later enemies, they're, they're the ones that are going to be doing the harder combo. So you've got to counter, 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 juggle sort of thing to, mm-hmm. to get them. To get them going. Now, whether you do that sort of 2.5D beat em up, so like your double dragon going along the, the 2D I was thing. I'm sort of or- picturing it moving it forward, but that still, it could be like essentially fixed um, camera fixed perspective, uh, but co- but consistently moving forward in one in one direction as opposed to, yeah. you know, moving right like those old beat em ups. But yes, otherwise, it's not a, it's not a forced scrolling, necess- you know, it's, it's just. You, you have a bunch of enemies and yeah, you keep that combo going and then it's like, okay, this is the last one. Like, you know, throw them over there onto the, you know, into the, um, cubicles, which will, you know, I can see someone over there and they're going to domino down. And so I can keep the combo going because Ooh, I'm, ju- I'm just imagining through. like you get into a hallway and you, and you're having to sort of like do the beat em up, but not as much, uh, leeway going left <laughs> yeah. and right. You know, you're doing more yeah. vertical sort of fighting. So. Yeah, that could be cool. And especially if you take too long, then the security guards are going to catch up with you and then you, yeah, you've I got think, the, I think the hardest is, enemies in the game. Yeah, I think there is some pressure to keep moving forward. Uh, it's just not forced upon you um, as such. Uh, I like the idea of the hallway because then some of the environmental stuff there is like the doors, you know, so it might you slam into that door and it's like, a broom closet and like stuff falls down on, you know, and, and piles everywhere. Or that one was like a meeting room and people come screaming, running out or different things that you could do. Or like it's, you know, a break room and you get a power up or different things. Yeah. So, I, I really uh, love the idea of being able to kick a guy right through, right through a meeting room door. Like, yeah, just yeah. break, break the door open by kicking the guy through it. Absolutely. <laughs> His name's Bruce. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, anything else on. on that? No, no, let's move on. Uh, I like I like that idea a lot. That's one of those ones I feel like I want to make a prototype of. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't have the time. 
So, yeah, uh, let's move on to something different. Shall we do some second chance click, bitch? Yes, why not? Uh, Episode eight. Podchaser.com slash bitstorm is where I'm heading. The best place to find and search for episodes. All right. Yes. Episode eight. This was Vince McMahon's Testify. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was a fun episode. (laughs) uh, Who at the time uh, was at Alta. No longer, I believe. But yes, this was a fun episode. Hopefully we can do some of these uh, justice. So for those who haven't heard this game before, we're going back to one of our previous episodes from about four years ago and taking the prompts that we had in that episode and giving them a second chance, meaning we will take them as if they were a new prompt today and try very hard not to make the same idea. What? They're not new? Then. Oh, this is just weak. <laughs> We've already heard these prompts four <laughs> years ago. Terrible. Uh, We did a lot this episode. There are 10 different things here to choose from. Nice. Three. All right. Number three, living remission magnetizing. I don't remember at all what we did with this. Uh, So, I really hope we don't repeat ourselves. My mind definitely goes to like an MRI because- Yeah, and I think think it had something to do with cancer because of remission. So, let's not go there. Let's let's go- Ooh. Okay, so this is like yep. you know someone who believes in alternate therapy, and effectively your your character is going around sort of as a snake oil salesman trying to sell like the magnetic pendants. Okay, um, but of course you know it's it's one of those uh, maybe a visual novel of of how this person just hates everything about their life and that they're not happy and they they know that they're they know they're screwing bullshit. people over and then they yeah. get embroiled in some sort of. Like they get bought out by goop. They can't uh, give up the lie because they're making tons of money, but they feel horrible about themselves. Yeah. And I, I kind of like the idea of just following along with a visual novel of that sort of style of something that we know completely sucks, but the sort of person that got into it literally only got into it because they, they lost their job doing all this other stuff and they needed to, you know, keep food on the table. And like, right. there's usually so a reason we- as to why people go into these sort of things. Yeah. 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 So if we're doing is it, it as a visual novel, then let's think about the characters in the story a bit more than we yep. usually might go into. Okay. Sick father who's gone into remission in can- of his cancer. Okay. But his medical bills are still so exorbitant that, you know, this is the reason why you're Does, selling, your, selling yeah. your magnetic charms and all this sort of stuff. Does the father believe that the remission was due to magnets? Is there some, like- Nobody believes the well. cancer was because of magnets. Oh, even, okay. He believes that the, the magnets caused cancer, and so he's totally ashamed that you're off selling it as this therapy, yep. even though neither are true. Yes. <laughs> or possible. <laughs> okay. It's all radiation. That's what he thinks. Just any sort of radiation. Yeah. All right. And so- I'm trying to just think of how the structure of it is working. Are you sort of going from door to door or town to town? Like, how are you selling this stuff? And where do the sort of recurring characters come in? Um, Okay. I kind of like the idea that you're only trying to sell to your neighbours, effectively. Okay. So, you're not very good at this, essentially. You're sort (laughs) of like one of those- Avon, you know, trying to sell makeup or sell, like, Tupperware or whatever and not going outside your immediate circle. 
Well, I, th- I think it's that you can't be too far away from your dad just in case he, he needs you sort of thing. So, that's okay. that's your reasoning behind it. But So, business hasn't been great, but you're sort of like, you're going through the different levels and, and sort of meeting up with some of the same people. It's like, do you want to buy one today sort of thing? I like the idea that on the first day you sell one to a guy on the fl- on the 13th floor. Okay. And the next day you go up to the 13th floor and the police are there at his place. And there's crime scene tape up everywhere. Okay. And it's just sort of like there's some there's some stuff going on in the background. Obviously the majority of the story is about you and your your family and and trying to make ends meet, but there's also some nefarious sort of thing that's going on in the background. That's related to is that the, It doesn't have the, to be related, but it, it's just- It's coincidence that- um, Oh, I was thinking it was the big mega corporation of Goop going, how did they get this magnet therapy? We need to find, like, where the it source. came from. And they're, like, trying to hunt you down um, because you've made up this bogus magnet therapy that they must have. Um, the fuck? Is Goop an acronym? What? I don't know. All I know is that the- um, Gwyneth Paltrow tells fucking Gwyneth Paltrow sells bloody uh, tells women to stick jade eggs up there. Yeah, well, and like steam and stuff, like super. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. So, it's no, it's really terrible, actually. Um, and there's a lot of people that fall for it. Yeah, they rely on it. <laughs> they count on it. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow also counts on it to pay her lots and lots and lots of money. Yeah, as if she. Didn't fucking have enough money. All right. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's cool. And then, yeah, I mean, however that's happening, if we bring in a goop-like corporation or not, I don't know. But yeah. uh, Poog. Poog. <laughs> <laughs> um, pseudo-scientifically operating on growth. That's, I don't know, <laughs> that's their secret acronym. That's not their real one. It's too obvious. <laughs> Wait, it's Poog. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I don't know if we can get much more out of that one. No. Um, all right. Give me another number. Eight. Eight. Engorged timekeeper snob. <laughs> I always like time. Uh, I just had a picture in my mind of some, like, Cronenberg-esque creature with a big clock face in its head. Ooh. And he's the timekeeper, is he? He's the timekeeper. So, does he send out, like, the rookie timekeeper to, to sort of clean up the time string? Or is this just, like, a fantasy world where this it's ruled over by this time- or, or, like, the timekeeper has some role where, yes, they send out all their little underlings to, wa- like, to wind all the clocks. Like, there's something about the clocks all being synchronised. Yeah. Um, or, or kept up. And so- you know, everyone needs to have a clock in their house, but they're kind of apprehensive about it because they know that these fucking little goblin things come in and and might come in and wind. Okay, it kept it wind, kept it, keep it wound up. Okay, so I think what's happened in this world is clocks need to be registered. Okay, and unregistered clocks basically stop the time stream from from running for that particular person, so they don't grow old. Okay, so someone's age relies on the clock. Moving. That they registered? Yeah. So, no- normally you, you register the clock and the reason why you register the clock, and obviously we don't know the reasons behind this at the start, Initially, but yeah. the, um, the idea is that the clocks are, are wound by these little minions and that keeps the time stream moving in the general vicinity, but anywhere that a, that a clock sort of breaks down- it usually gets cleared up straight away because so- of the ramifications it can actually have. Is it less- 
that the, the, you have to register your clocks and more that you have to be registered to a clock? So that no, you, like, I, I, I think it is if you built yourself a clock and it wasn't registered, like right, effectively- it could, it could effectively have some manipulation of time just yeah. because of how clocks work in this world. Okay. Yeah. This world, okay. basically, all cl- all clocks are, are run by the timekeeper, and that's what keeps people's lives moving Moving forward. forward, yeah. And the reasoning behind it is actually, you know, a good one in the fact that, like, if everyone is immortal, we run out of food sort of thing. Like, there is just too- there are too many people on the on the planet, and yeah, I think that's a really in- it's an interesting thing because yes, on one hand, <laughs> one hand, uh, it's an author- author- like an authoritarian authoritarian regime essentially, like by this timekeeper, you know, demanding these particular rules about their people, and so you're definitely going to get like a resistance, a rebellion that comes up to that because we're like, why must our lives be you know dictated by the timekeeper you know i we want to get away from clocks or we want to like build our own clocks so that we can control our own destinies or whatever but yes that that there is some level of order being kept by these rules yeah i I kind of it's not yeah i kind of like the idea that early on like you see a guy get sentenced for an execution and they pick up his his clock and they just move it forward and you just see him grow older older and older and older and older and just dust that's cool how do how do they make so and and maybe this is getting into too many details around the actual uh physics of it but is it a vicinity around the clock that it affects um or is it particular people like do you get attuned to particular clocks or something and then yeah i I think i I think i do like your idea of yes you are attuned to a clock yeah but you can break that by basically Buying a new clock. Well, and yeah, if that if they, time near it, yeah. I think, I and think if that like a gradual if that thing. clock breaks down because you know you've broken it down and it wasn't registered, so therefore the um the minions never actually go to check it. Yeah, effectively, you you're stop growing older. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you 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 know what the these people can't go out in the sun and all this sort of stuff. I'm, I'm kind of like the, liking the idea that they're sort of like your vampire-y sort of characters in it, but really what's happened is they've stopped themselves from, from like, growing older, so therefore oh, any damage be- that they do to their skin or anything like that- Don't want like, to heal or- uh, Say, getting burned or anything like that doesn't heal because time has now stopped for them. Okay. Are they are they humans? Like I was picturing them as sort of little halfling creatures or something. Um, um yeah, you can you can have this on a totally alien planet or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I guess it could just be a fantasy-ish world. Uh with different different creature creature types. Um I kind of like yeah, the okay. idea that if if the clock gets fixed when it comes back into sync, they immediately like go through all the all the ages that they were supposed to have gone through when the clock comes back into sync. If their own clock does? Yeah, so if oh, if you okay. repair the clock of this maybe maybe the end of the first act is you um are going through this sort of mansion, you know, you're you're fixing up all, rewinding all these clocks and you find a secret door that's kind of creaked open and you go in there and you fix the clock in there and you see the young master who let you in all of a sudden start aging and aging and aging and turn into a skeleton and fall to the floor. That could be a cool thing. I I think maybe that's around I like that as a scene, but maybe that's around one of the resistance members because I'm picturing because essentially what I think is happening here is the the minions of the timekeeper are essentially his priests, right? Yeah. They have a a status 
and the timekeeper allows them to be attuned to a broken clock, but they keep that clock with them at all times, right? Because they need to protect it. Because, yes, if that clock gets fixed, then- or they get attuned to a different clock or something. Like, they have to be constantly attuned to this broken clock. If it yep. gets fixed, yes, they will They will suddenly just essentially turn into dust, you know, depending on how long they've been part of the, you know, the order of the third hand or whatever. Um. <laughs> order of the second hand. I like that a little bit better because it's all about the seconds. And it's also- no, But the second hand is the minutes. Oh, you're saying like the second hand. Let's see, there's some confusion there. Maybe it's the order of the fourth hand. Yeah, I was just thinking that. (laughs) Well, the the fourth hand is the timeline of the person. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like, ooh, you could actually have like a magnifying glass that you can pull up that sort of does a black light effect and you see the fourth hand. Yeah. Of Of any clock. Of any clock. And effectively- Oh, it's someone, for anyone who's attuned to that clock and ha- yeah, they have a hand so- on there. Someone, someone's life literally just goes from zero to 12. So, Wait, so they know when they're going to die then? Well, they don't because they don't have this, this like, black light effect. Knows, the clock like, knows, essentially. Like, there's some sort of, like, uh, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with that. And so, these people who are using broken clocks, you know, they're sort of- Basically, the fourth hand isn't moving and that's how, they, that's how yeah. they're actually getting yeah. away with it. So, yes, I love this- I love this idea of these priests going around. They've got like their big ledges of all the clocks. You know, they each have these set of clocks that they must check and 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 when, when you and- as a minion are checking off this clock, you see the serial number and you can match it up up against your ledger and you you see who's <laughs> registered to that clock. And- right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's cool. So, do you? Okay. So, are you then essentially? You're just a minion. Are you, you're playing a minion who joins the rebellion or you're you're playing a minion who discovers the rebellion or discovers the rebellion okay because it's basically been hidden from the timekeeper for years and yeah. now it's coming coming ahead because you found that secret door oh, now okay you're sort of oh, getting further all right, further that into makes sense for that scene then because as a minion you fix clocks yep and repair and like maintain them so you have gone in fix this clock as soon as you actually fix the clock, you see the young the young gentleman who let you in sort of come in. And he goes, "No, don't touch that!" As he just grows <laughs> older just and older and older and older. It does. Okay, because I love. Okay, I love this idea. Then, because you register and you've got your little ledger of the last time this clock was checked, what time it was at, you know, what time the fourth hand was at. That it like because clocks break and that's fine. Yeah, or I like, think th- I think slow, this clock f- isn't in your ledger. No, 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 it's not. But what I'm saying is, like, on a general day-to-day basis, like, okay, you come into someone's house and they're like, oh, like, the the clock is broken, you know, I'm so sorry or whatever. And you're like, okay, it's fine. You check the ledger, you fix the clock, but then based on, like, when it was broken, you, like, turn it and they age slightly. Like, essentially, you're keeping their life <laughs> in sync with what should have been the case yeah. so that things don't go out of order. So, that, yes, when you come to this broken clock- you're like, oh, okay, I can't find it in my register. Like, maybe it's on Barry's, um, you know, route usually or something. <laughs> uh, well, I'll just fix it and we'll, we'll check back and we'll, you know, next time we come around, we'll we'll give you the appropriate, you know, time. Um, I, I, do, I do like the idea that you don't know what the actual, um, you don't know about the fourth hand. 
yet. Um, okay. I kind of like the idea that, you know, the timekeeper is the only one who knows about Okay, so they still, they'll still wind the clock forward in a regular way, but that's just like- Because effectively, the they're, they're just trying to get it to the right date. Yeah, the right because date. Because it's, it's got a yeah. date there and it's got the time, so therefore they're trying to, yeah. trying to match it all up. And yeah. so when they do that for the for these broken clocks, these people automatically age because you know they're yeah because they're attuned and that's how yeah it's all their clock up. is now you know at the proper date and time and this is how old they should be and that can either be death or it can just be yeah like it might be like an hour that they lost because you know yeah. it, it had gone slow over the past three days since they it was last checked or yes in this case. They literally haven't aged in in decades, 120 years, and <laughs> soon 120 years in, in minutes. Yeah, you set it to today's date. Well, so- I like that. Maybe it's not a maybe it's not a manual thing, or maybe there's some sort of thing they do because I love the idea of maybe you like punch something in, or you you like turn a key. I, I, I'm loving this idea. They put a punch card. Oh yeah, a punch card's cool because because uh, I'm thinking like usually you and, and then you see it move to the right time and you just see it you just see it shift by like twenty minutes or a few hours or something. But then you come to this guy's one, you put the punch card in, and the hands just start spinning. <laughs> yeah, it's just spinning faster than you can see. It's just like what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just picturing this this punch card with, like, this real thick cable coming out of it plugged into the ledger. So, it's kind of like a steam, mm, a steampunky- Steampunk sort of thing, or, or, like, yeah, kind of like the way, you know how you'll see in, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 90s hacking movies where they're, they're like, hacking a card reader or something and plugging yep. it into their tablet, yep. their big chunky tablet via a fucking parallel cable or something? Um, yeah. I don't know. I just- So, graphical art style for a second- I'm yeah. seeing this as cell shaded, you know, these okay. real bright, mm-hmm. vibrant colours yep. that would really juxtapose with the um with the aging, 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 you know Oh yeah, because they just desaturate as well, right? Like that'd be a good yeah. effect as they as they grow old and turn you know, to that, dust. I, I love that cell shaded real thick black border around the characters yeah, and all this sort, sort of, of stuff. Borderlandish, but-, but not as that's sort of it'd be a different style than that, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of thing would be good. And then I'm just picturing this timekeeper, you know, as we talked about this sort of huge creature that's face, like it, its face is literally the face of a clock. Um, and it's engorged sort of thing, you know, like it's- Well, it's, it's pulsating and engorged and it's almost, I wonder if it's almost like building sized and all the minions are like running in and out of it constantly, like out of its actual body because so- it's, it's sort of this being- Dur- during the whole thing, I think as you as you're sort of delving into this organization that are well, not this organization, but this rebellion, you sort of you find little audio logs and stuff like that of different scientists who have who have been doing investigations into the clocks and yeah. where they actually came from, and you know the timekeeper himself, like they're they're basically saying the timekeeper is not of this world, you know, mm. and then I don't know I I think. Halfway through, you can start going into the whole thing of before the timekeeper arrived, there was no concept of death on the um. Oh, oh, there was no, there was no concept of old age, at least uh, on this planet. Yeah, all right. Um, and I'll give you an alternate ending in a sec, but go on. No, this is halfway through. Like okay. we, do, um, I'm, I'm just saying that you know, or an that, alternate or- origin, I guess. Yeah, an alternate yeah. origin. Um, so when I. When I was first talking about it, you know, talking about how the whole planet would have wiped itself out because of 
um, through famine and all this sort of stuff because mm-hmm. no one was actually dying of old age because effectively, you know, circumstances on the planet kept their bodies all healthy and DNA never actually started to deteriorate. Right, and as, like, disease and other things were wiped out. Like, people died, of course, for yeah. accidental reasons or, yes, yeah. like, hunger or, you know, starvation Murder or different and things. That sort of Murder stuff. and But, yes, they don't die of old age. So, as technology progressed and people's lifespans, other than old age, like- were longer, there was less reason for murder. There was, you know, plenty of food to go around. Like, yeah, the the, the population just started skyrocketing. Um, yeah. To, you know, each generation was sort of producing another billion children. Yeah. Or, you know, or, you know, exponential. I mean, exponential, you know. yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I, so, so what my idea was, because I just, I like the, the imagery of it. It's a bit of a Planet of the Apes situation where you find out that what actually that this is actually Earth, and what happened is this giant like amorphous alien meteor came down and hit Big Ben in London, and that became the Timekeeper. So th- this is <laughs> this is like- after two weeks ago how we had the gel- gelatinous blob um, morph with the king. Oh yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, now yeah. this is later on in that same world where the ge- <laughs> where the gelatinous blob has taken over Big Ben and just <laughs> taken over Big Ben. Oh, I'm thinking of this very differently than like a gelatinous blob though. This is like a like is that a Cronenberg thing esque yeah. goopy fucking alien flesh yeah. pet mound. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, however blob. the origin goes. No, I like that's really cool. That's a that's there's some really- thing is I can see I can see all the all the different things that you can do in the game. Like, um, you know, you're first going through and you're, you're sort of doing a, a explore, exploration of this, of this mansion, just making sure that all the clocks are, uh, mm. you know, being marked off in the ledger. And it's just after you clean out the last clock, that's when you see the secret door sort of thing. And Well, I, I think, I don't think that's it. Like, I think that's, you know, a little bit into the game as we like to do. And as, as it often works well in these, you have a few normal go a few normal runs or not runs, but like, you know, you go to this house and it's like, okay, like I've got three clocks registered here and, you know, the five people here are attuned to them in, you know, various combinations. All right, to do when was the last time it was checked? Okay, check the time on it, you know, plug the punch card in or whatever. You know, it registers uh, yeah, I'm sort of picturing it is like a paper ledger, but it's some sort of electronic ink or something. So, yeah, it's like this real combination of of old school sort of priest, you know, religious sort of feel of, of things, but the, with the technology of plugging it into the clock and it, you know, fills out the spot on the ledger or something. I'm, I'm um, just wondering if you know how um, Catholic priests quite often have like that, that swinging thing with the fog or, or oh, with yeah, the smoke. Oh, yeah, the... Um, I can't sensor. remember what it's actually called. Um, sensor, yeah. Yeah. So, the idea that they're sort of going through the house and what they're doing is they're looking for- um, the, the smoke is attracted to, to the clocks. The clocks. So, that you can, you can basically um, identify where all the clocks are and it's it's, like, that's it's how like you actually- following the ma- It's like following magnetic, electromagnetic fields, but it's like the yeah. time fields of yeah. these clocks. That's cool. That'd be- because, Yeah. Because that, that sort of brings you to, oh, look, you know, it's- it's quite strong over in this corner, but there's no clock here and there's no clock left in the ledger, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gives you a reason to to continue searching. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And you could have, like, yeah, these different streams of smoke that maybe, like, change colour based on, I don't know, how out of sync the clock is or something. So, you get a sense of, like, 
sometimes sometimes you sometimes you might see sometimes you might see a purple and that's not too far out and it basically goes all the way back to red where yeah. infrared is basically you know the yep is, is like a the furthest clock. out of sync sync yeah yeah it, it is right two times a day so that's why you still get some signal from it <laughs> um well what I, what I like is when one of the earlier houses that you go to um there's like a grandfather clock and mm. this family's grandfather had just passed away and that's why it's out of sync like grandfather was actually attuned to this clock and he passed oh, away that's and cool. Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of got that, that connotation of, oh, yeah, this is the sort of clock that he grew up with and he actually, you know, tuned I, himself I to I this clock. I do like that idea of, like, the life force being so intrinsically attuned to these clocks that, yes, someone dying affects the clock because it, it's, like, shifted the balance of who's attuned to it. Yeah. Um, you know, because there might still be other people in the family attuned to that same clock, but now they've, like, actually slowed down in aging for a while, so you do have to get them back in sync. <laughs> no, there's so many cool, cool little things that you could do, like tracking That's tracking people's age in the background. That'd be this would be like a really good like tabletop RPG setting as well. Ooh, I can't, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of like that idea that you know you're. It's it's almost like a, a two player or or like a, a small amount of players, um, sort of RPG tabletop. Well, I think for I think for this game you'd make it you'd keep it narrative based. I think what we've talked about. Yeah. Lends itself more to a, a traditional kind of, you know, almost walking sim slash there's obviously some papers, please aspects in there and just some cool set pieces and stuff. But just the setting as a whole, I think, could lend itself in a lot of different ways to some really cool and interesting stuff. I'm, I'm just imagining going through different different houses and trying to find the clocks. And yeah, I'm I really want to play this. <laughs> <laughs> it will never exist. All Unfortunately, right, well- no. We really went deep on a couple of ideas tonight. That was that was fun. Uh, I like when that happens. Yes. And I think that'll do for tonight. So. I think that will do. So, thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online, like I said earlier, go to podchaser.com slash BitStorm. All of our episodes are up there. Leave us a review. We'd absolutely love that. Uh, yeah, check it out. We're also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasters podcasting. Funnily enough, around uh, video games, pop culture, tabletop, RPGs, tons of stuff. So, go to 8bit.net and check them out. Do you like Australasian gaming podcasts? Well, I've got the spot for you to find a whole heap more. Just look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the use of the song Mount Defiance off the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Pitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. <laughs> I'm Travis Scott. And, uh, hey, what? your book's late. Oh, shit. Please, please don't kill me. Uh, I'll give you anything. Do you want a lithium ion battery? Just take two steps backwards. That plant will do it for me. Oh, fuck. Fuck.